we find a tender and stirring moment in this week's Torah portion. Joseph, the little brother who was brutally and recklessly sold into slavery by his jealous and emotionally unintelligent older brothers, sees his family for the first time in years. This is, of course, after he has risen to great power to become the right hand of the Pharaoh. The brothers are fleeing a famine and come to Egypt to beg for assistance, having no idea who their little brother has become. Even as they face him, they still do not know who he is, but Joseph knows. He sees his brother's faces right away in this group of men that has appeared before him. At first, he tries to not reveal his identity, but this does not last long, and he quickly begins to cry as he sends out everyone out of the room except his brothers. At first, his brothers freeze with fear and shock. They cannot even speak as they begin to process who this man standing before them is. Joseph, in a demonstration of strength I'm not sure I would have, continues, Do not be sad or angry with yourselves that you sold me. God sent me here ahead of you so that I could save your lives. The Torah continues, With that, Joseph embraced his brother Benjamin around the neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. He kissed each of his brothers and wept upon them. Only then were his brothers able to speak. In many ways, this story speaks for itself. The story of pain in a family, of abuse and suffering in broken relationships, and in its own, perhaps simplistic way, the Torah offers us this moment of healing and forgiveness. I think there are at least two significant things we can take from this story. The first is that broken relationships can heal, and yes, even in families. Families, be they biological, adopted, chosen, roommates, or any other configuration, can be a site of tremendous strength and joy, a site of support when we need it most. Being part of a family can mean that in the best of ways, we are tracked over the long haul. And I think we all know that there is pressure to cover up the harder part of what it means to have relatives. Being part of a family can be messy business. We see each other at our worst. We are responsible for each other when we may or may not want to be. We don't live up to each other's expectations. We hurt each other. Families have far too often been sites where people, and especially women and children, have been abused, just like Joseph. While I'm not sure that every relationship can or even should be healed, Joseph's willingness to re-engage his brothers holds up one truth. Healing is possible. Human beings are extraordinarily resilient. We are all extraordinarily resilient. How are you doing with your family? Are there relationships that have broken down or gotten cold and distant 
that you might do some work on. Again, I don't want to suggest that someone who has been abused do what Joseph did, and in that way he's an imperfect model. However, his ability to heal after tremendous pain shines light on the ways we can each stretch ourselves in our own webs of interconnectedness. But this idea of family sticking together, of getting past the hard moments, points to a larger question and my second point. Why? Why do we need family? Family of origin or chosen family or a few really good friends? Why do we need an intimate human place? What pushed Joseph to do what he did, to forgive his brothers despite their most unforgivable act? On Tuesday morning, someone painted a swastika on the sign for the Cincinnati campus of the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion, the reform movement seminary that all of the Emmanuel rabbis and one of our two cantors were ordained from. It was disgusting, of course, and heartbreaking and frightening to see hatred come so close to home. I don't know if we're entering a time during which hate crimes will continue to be on the rise and where much of the good work that has been done over the past many decades will suffer a lasting setback or if we are just in an ugly moment. The Southern Poverty Law Center reports that as of December 16th, there have been 1,094 bias-related incidents in the country since the election, though they also report that the frequency is starting to go down. But here's what I do know, and here's the connection to this Torah portion. When scary things happen, you need your people. You need your family, however they are configured. When the news broke about the swastika, many rabbis went to our closed rabbi, Reform Rabbi Facebook group to discuss. Rabbi Mintz and I happened to have a, few, happened to have a meeting, but we spent the first few minutes talking about this incident because something had happened to our family. We all need that place to fall back on, and especially when things get hard. We know that Joseph was a gifted dream reader. He was a visionary who could not only see the future, but also knew how to take action to prevent suffering in the face of the coming challenges he could see. Yes, I think that Joseph was deeply moved by the potential for reunification with his family, but I also think he knew on some level that he needed them, and by extension, the Jewish people needed them. Perhaps Joseph knew in some way that Egypt would not last forever, that either he or his children or his descendants would need their family. Regardless of your political views, it is clear that the world is entering a time of uncertainty. Populist movements on the left and on the right threaten to destabilize much of the political structures that we rely on, even as some find cause for hope or see opportunity in the change that this portends. There is certainly much work to be done on a political front, but on this Shabbat, Joseph at this point in his life, a political powerhouse, takes a step away from matters of state to shore up his most intimate relationships. 
He sends all of the advisors and consultants out of the room so that he can be alone to weep with and kiss his brothers. In doing so, he reminds us that part of how we do good work in this big world, part of how we meet challenges in this world, is by making sure that our little worlds are places of love and support. So let's dedicate this Shabbat to the people, family and friends, community, fellow congregants that we know we can reach for when we need them, and to healing places of pain with the people we call our families, so that we can be stronger and more determined in the face of hatred and oppression. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom. We now continue with our Alenu on page 586. Please rise. <laughs> 